If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast where three bearded film fans and hatted film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate and I'm joined by my regular co-host Mr. Mr. Ben Errington and uh, semi-regular co-host Mr. Andy Conduit Turner. Hello guys. Do you prefer to be called semi-regular or irregular? <laughs> well I guess it depends who you're asking. A lot of people would say I'm irregular. Yeah well I'd, I'd call you a straight up rhombus. You look good. <laughs> straight, um, straight up rhombus. That's a compliment. Yeah. Not a parallelogram in the house. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm. Uh, it's been a bit of a weird day. I'm drinking coffee. I've got uh, a flat snowball because um, the lemonade's still flat. And, nice. And I'm just feeling a little bit loopy. How about you what guys? Goes in, what goes into a snowball? Forgive my ignorance. Balls. <laughs> um, uh, uh, advocate. Which is like oh, a yeah, eggnoggy yeah. well, and lemonade, yeah. Good. You've, wow, you're really tempting, pushing the button. That's a... a tempting choice. Like I might get one myself when we're done. Very tasty, yeah. Uh, so last week we did the ten best of 2019, uh, and this week we are going to do the the ten best horror movies, our favorite horror movies of the 2010s. Is that what they're called? The tens, the 2010s. The tens, I get. Yeah, the twenty tens, I guess. I guess if you say the tens, it sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? If someone says to me, "I was thinking about the tens," I'd assume they mean the nineteen tens, unless they, yeah. unless they stipulate. <laughs> I'd assume they meant that. <laughs> oh yeah, the nineteen tens, great times. Yeah, everyone loved them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have we got any news or anything? Um, any new trailers or anything? Um, uh, we've had a couple of new trailers. So I think there was a trailer for uh, Lock and Key, the Netflix series. <laughs> Um, obviously based on the graphic novels. Didn't know if you saw that trailer. Did you see that trailer? Anybody? I haven't seen the trailer, but I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the show. I like the book. Mm, yeah. Great book. So uh, 
it arrives fairly soon. It arrives on February the 7th. I thought we had a little bit longer to wait for that. Um, so, yeah, it's quite complicated, if I remember right. I haven't read any of it for a little while. But, uh, yeah, be good to be good to check that out. It's nice to see something like that get a, get an adaptation for Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which gets a lo- gets a lo- make ensure a load of bloody eyes get on it. Yeah, look forward to it. Uh, there was also a trailer for um, the Boy sequel, which has got a bit of a weird title. It's called Brahms the Boy Two. What it's called? Brahms. Yeah, Brahms yeah. is the name of the the, the boy. Previously not titular boy, but now he is the titular boy. <laughs> is he not grown up yet? Okay. I, um, yeah, hurry up and grow up, mate. You little, you little dweeb. The lad with your cold, dead eyes. Yeah, <laughs> I've not actually seen the first one. So, has anybody seen the first yeah. one? Yeah. Um, yeah. You can't really talk about it without spoiling it, really. Um, but it's good. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah. Okay. Yes, well, I like maybe it. I will. Maybe. Oh wait! I just started <laughs> reading what I think was a spoiler. Then, as I was trying, as I was trying <laughs> to sort of. Well, I don't. Uh, maybe I don't need to. Yeah, um, I, is it got Lauren Cohen in it from The Walking Dead? Is that her name, Lauren Cohen? Or are we thinking of a different film? I don't know. I don't watch uh, enough Walking Dead, but I think no, it has. It has. Yeah. I've just right. yeah, it's Lauren Cohen. So this one, this one, this one's got Katie Holmes in. What's the last oh, yeah. thing we saw in yeah. Katie Holmes? Ka- in Katie Holmes. Holmes What's the, the last thing we saw Katie Holmes in? The remake of um, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Uh, okay. that, was that the last thing I saw? That's weird that you bring that up. Yeah. Duncan was at work was talking about that today. I've never, I haven't thought about it in if I've even thought about it in years. Synchronicity. Um, yeah, Kate Holmes. I don't know. Dawson's Creek. Dawson's <laughs> <Tom> Cruise. <laughs> uh, also, Alex Garland's got a new sci-fi series called Devs, which gets a premiere in March on FX slash. Hulu, um, Devs is a limited series that focuses on a, a young software engineer named, named Lily Chan who works for Am- Amaya, a cutting-edge tech company based in Silicon Valley. So we're not getting much about that, but I'm assuming it's going to have some sort of weird sci-fi. I'll be there for anything. Potential like terrified touches. Twist. Yeah? Anything yeah. he touches? Yeah. Ooh. Anything he touches turns to gold. 20 days later, uh, what was it, Dread? The Beach, he wrote The Beach. Um, what else has he done? Ex Machina, Annihilation. It's all good stuff. Yeah. He's got quite a, quite a track record. Uh, yeah. And the last confirmation I see is that the new series of What We Do in the Shadows is going to be on FX as well on Wednesday the 15th of April, so fairly soon for that. Don't know if you guys saw uh, that series. Yeah, I have. I watched it recently. I don't know if I talked about it last yeah. week. I can't remember. Oh, it's yeah. It's, uh, it's really good, yeah. So it's, it's got so a lot strange. of... Lot, a lot of cameos, a lot of sort of like great performances, and it is like hilarious. And it's like it's exactly the same quality as the film. Like yeah. there's no dipping, there's no real dipping quality, is there? So also, I like to see, uh, always like to see homegrown talent doing well on like the bigger stage. Kyvan Novak, yeah, Phone Jacker, Face Jacker, yeah. Natasha Dimitri from the Estate Agent. What's that thing called that you watch? Stafflets Flats. Stafflets Flat Flats, <laughs> and uh, Matt Berry, who's I mean. The fact that he's not a household name is weird. He's, uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's so good. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I think that's it for horror news that I've got, unless anyone else has got anything that they've noticed or this week. No. Anything horrific. <laughs> um, did, horror. So obviously we got the Golden Globes and then we got BAFTA noms. So no real um, horror nominations. A lot of people were a bit disappointed that 
Lapita and Yongo didn't get nominated for us um, in any of those categories. Um, any other horror performances? Maybe Florence Pugh, you know? I mean, I know she got nominated for Little Women, but her performance in Midsummer was pretty that a category, was damn, it? damn special. What, what was that? Little Women, was that a category? <laughs> little Women, that's a category. My favourite Little Woman. Best Little Woman, less than, <laughs> less than five four. So I don't know how you feel about this. This isn't really a horror thing, but... So Margot Robbie got nominated twice in the same category, Best Supporting Actress, once for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and once for Bombshell. How do we feel about that? Do we feel like surely they could just give her one nom and bump someone else up? Yeah, you like, just got to pick one. I imagine you just so. Pick yeah. one, haven't you? That yeah. seemed, it seems kind of ridiculous. Scarlett Hansen got nominated for Best Leading Actress um, in for Marriage Story and Best Supporting Actress for Jojo Rabbit as well. That's two nominations. I suppose that's different. When different. I think about those two performances, they are both great performances, though. And it's a different category as well, though. Yeah. Not like... yeah. I think yeah, different category, one. I can kind of deal with that, but the same category really does make me go, oh, come on. Yeah. Even if it's yeah. two performances that I feel like I would have liked, I just think one nomination in one category is like, like what do you have to do? Your gracious losing face when you win as well at the same time because you go, well, I've won, but also also me has lost. Oh, yeah. I'm so conflicted. I know, I think, and can you imagine if it was an incredible, like well-received on all fronts movie if Eddie Murphy could have been nominated across several categories for his role <laughs> in The Nutty Professor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he has to put on the fat suit for one. Yeah, and take... <laughs> yeah it's interesting. Amazing. I liked watching Ricky Gervais's, um, <laughs> Ricky Gervais's crazy monologuing thing at the start. That was always fun. That's all I've seen from it, in all yeah, honesty. I think it, it overshadowed yeah. everything else from the event, right? Yeah. So uh, Fangoria are doing their Chainsaw Awards again. So if you wanted to vote for horror, you know, awards, um, they're they're open at the minute. I can't remember what. Uh, I mean, Florence Pugh was um, lead actress nomination. I mean, I don't know off, off the top of my head, but yeah, go check out the the Chainsaw Awards. Okay, so we've got twenty twenty nominees as like best wide release movie, loads of different performances. Yeah, here's the thing: like, I mean, obviously, Midsummer did really well, uh, Jordan Peele's Us, but essentially, they were sort of follow ups to films that were already like massively, massively popular. And even Hereditary didn't really get much on the awards front, especially with the mainstream awards, because Tony Collette was sort of snubbed for her performance as well. Well, I, don't, I say snubbed, but not nominated. Yeah. Snubbed always feels really... It's, it's like you go, I'm going to nominate you, and then you go, actually, I'm yeah. not going to nominate you. I'm purposely not going to. You are snubbed. Yeah, consider yourself like snubbed. It's gil- <laughs> Literally pointing at it, like, look at him, then just go... <laughs> and now the snubbed list. Tony yeah, And now the snub. <laughs> yeah. But, like, a load of stuff could have picked up. I mean, I'm surprised the Lighthouse didn't get any nominations, anything. I mean, I might have got some stuff for sound or something. I'm not sure. Um, but even like horror TV, we didn't really see much love in the Golden Globe. Recognition. It doesn't matter anymore, does it? It's just a bloody, just a bloody hand job contest, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? I mean, uh, all the people in horror, this is what they're tuning into, right? To listen to who's got the nod for the decade horror hangout. Yeah, yeah. This, <laughs> this is the one. This, this is, is the one. This is officially yeah. the one. Yeah. Jordan Peele's so at home. Where... He'll be home downloading this as soon as he gets the notification on his feed. Oh, this guy's Prosecco already. Yeah. One of my films <laughs> better bloody be in the top 10 or I'll be on the phone. All right, chill out, Jordan. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get to it. Wait and see, Jordan. Be patient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, 
Luke, Luke, you frozen? Is that is he frozen for you, Andy, as well? Um, no, his eyes are moving. I'm so. Uh, his eyes are moving now. I was <laughs> worried for a second. This is my dying here. eyes. I was worried. They stop every now and again. <laughs> my dying eyes. Yeah, you, you were like this. My dying eyes is also my cra- emo hardcore album name. <laughs> my dying eyes, Luke Condor. Yeah, oh, very nice. Has anybody seen? Uh, yeah, oh, so sorry, more news is there? Wow. <laughs> there's no, there's no more news, mate. Okay. That's okay. it. I've, I've overdone it, have I? I've overcooked it, have I? No, no. It's just there's <laughs> never too much going on. Uh, so, anybody seen anything they want to talk about? No, <laughs> not very much horror related. Saw the gentleman because uh, we were late to get to arrive to go and see JJ Rabbit. Saw the gentleman instead, but actually, it was uh, it was all right, you know. I liked it. I thought it was really fun. Yeah, oh, you've seen it as well. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I've seen a few horror things. Is that it? Sorry, Andy, I don't want to jump. No, no, in no I'm, uh, I'm, I'm done. You go, you go, Ben. Uh, so I saw Psycho Two, which I've never seen before. Um, Sometimes I sort of like to flick over to the horror channel and see what's on about nine o'clock. And sometimes there's been some pretty interesting surprises. Uh, so Psycho Two is like kind of all right. It's not bad. Yeah. I don't know. Have you guys seen Psycho Two? I, I haven't. So, I always hear it's you good. Know, I don't think I have. I don't think I have. That's not the one so, we fans um, into a radio show. No, or is that a, is that four? <laughs> no. Well, I've not. I've never seen any of the sequels before. This is the first one. This is where he gets out of prison. Um, like. 22 years later and go and inexplicably just goes back to the house like it's just left <laughs> like it would have been when he got put in, put in jail um and it's a, it's a it's a very strange film like it's not the same sort of vibes as is the original at all um but there's some it's not like unwatchable it's it's pretty far-fetched which i guess kind of sounds a bit silly because of course it's far-fetched but it's directed by it's, uh anthony perkins this um the guy norman bates I think. Oh, really? I, said that I might have made that up. I don't think I've made that up. No, I don't know, actually. No. It says Richard Franklin here. <laughs> did he do he some of the other ones? I'm sure he... He might, have, he might have done some of the other ones, then, impossibly. Anthony Perkins. Let's, let's, have a look, let's have a look at him, see if for a director. Here we go. Two director. He directed Psycho 3. Uh, <sighs> there you go. And it's four years later. Psycho 3, four years later, and he's got an interesting haircut. Um, but yeah, there's some pretty good... Like it's a sequel to to a classic that I kind of never really felt like I needed to watch, but yeah, it was all right. Um, and I also saw on your recommendation, Luke Haunt. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. on the Shudder, Shudder sort of like extreme haunted house film. Um, what do you reckon? I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was pretty enjoyable. It was yeah. very formulaic. Hmm. Um, I think the ending was a bit pants. Sometimes like I like formulaic. Formulate. Like if I someone's going to make me a cup of tea. Yeah. I expect them to follow the formula. <laughs> follow the formula for tea, not yeah. banana Baby and uh, surprise. I've made you cucumber, tea, but put a little sprig, sprig of mint in there just to. Uh, no. You want what? I yeah. want formulate tea and most things really, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean yeah. about haunt. I mean, but I think it was alright. I liked there. There's a particular reveal, um, which I think was quite interesting. I like that. Um and the only other thing, oh actually, what sorry, do you think to the kill more. scenes in Haunt? Like all, the, the bits where people get mauled and stuff. I found them quite brutal. Yeah, they were pretty brutal. They didn't seem too CGI. They seemed like so they had some practical effects going on. Yeah, they were very like quick and then sort of like cut away. Um, 
So this isn't a horror, but I don't know if you guys know much about the film Uncut Gems with uh, Adam Sandler. I've not seen which it Which is kind of like... I saw your reaction to it, Ben, and that's got me more interested than any poster could have. It's like the most tightly wound film you can ever hope to watch. Like from the start, you're like, oh God. And then all the way through, <laughs> you're like, feeling. oh my God, yeah. what's going to happen? Oh Jesus. Oh, don't do that. Oh, please no. Like it's just like that the whole way through. And it, and I think it's just go, things go from bad to like inconceivably, inco- inconceivably bad yeah. to more bad than you can ever imagine and it's just why do we watch those films just, i really enjoy them but why what kind of so do you so put yourself through it yeah it was directed by the safty brothers who directed good time and yeah. it's got that same sort of vibe it's got a very sort of like classic sort of 80s thriller vibe isn't it very mm-hmm. and, it's, and it is a bit like that um so yeah i do recommend that if you want an extreme emotional oh, roller coaster. I'm, I'm up for that yeah i'm up for that yeah um, and go. I don't know if you guys have have you guys seen the BBC one uh, adaptation of Dracula? No, but I, so here's what I've heard. I've heard the first episode is fantastic. The second episode is is pretty fantastic. The third episode is not fantastic. That's what I've heard. And it ruins the other two. It's so bad. Have you seen it, Andy? I was on the cusp of watching it when episode three came out. So I might watch that tonight. Oh, maybe I won't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So episode episode one was like very it was like good it was respectful of the source material but it took some like little odd odd and unique turns which I quite liked it was like a really good dark gothic horror um, it felt like classic Dracula but like the guy playing Dracula is like really charismatic and he just brought this different edge to the character that was You're dancing you know just 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 something a bit different he was dancing he was body popping he did a bit of break dancing <laughs> like Spider Man three. But yeah, but the second episode was just bland. It was just dull. And the third episode was like just a really, really bad episode of Sherlock. Or as I heard someone describe the other day, they said it was like the the, the mysteries and the twists were like out of EastEnders. (laughs) Oh, dear. Okay. So it was someone's dad. I'm your dad. (laughs) It was just, it was honestly, it it really did feel like like one of the worst episodes of Sherlock. So on Twitter, someone said it. Uh, Dracula got a bit Phil Mitchell at times. Oh, no. <laughs> Phil Mitchell. Yeah, maybe. One of the Mitchells. Uh, um, so, yeah, so what did someone someone say here? I'm just trying to find. Yeah, he said it, it turned it slouched off into a me- meagre episode of Undeady Stenders, along Und- with its budget. <laughs> and it did feel like that. It felt like the budget in the first episode was huge, and the budget come this third episode was like, let's just yeah. do it in any old shithole. Beastenders. Make this final. They should do Beastenders. Very good. They should do Beastenders, like loads of demons and shit living for in a Hall- London. For a Halloween special. Have you guys ever seen the. Um, I think it's on YouTube. There was a Halloween Neighbours that they did, and it's. <laughs> it's <laughs> And it's got loads of characters who are dead that have come back, and there's like a zombie infestation of Ramsey Street, and old Stingray comes back to life, and uh, Dr. Carl Kennedy helps to, has to try and help him solve it. It's like about. Um, I mean, it does sound fantastic. It's it's worth a watch. Check it out on YouTube now. Okay. Halloween <laughs> uh, Halloween neighbors. Okay, I'm up for that. Uh, anything else, Ben? That's it. That is it. Okay. Yeah. Then I had a rest. And that went to bed. (laughs) 
Uh, I watched The Gentleman, uh, which, which I quite liked. Uh, and I also watched Under the Silver Lake, which is directed by the guy who made It Follows. Have you watched Under the Silver Lake? Do you know much about it or anything? No. Okay. No, I've seen the tra- I've seen the trailer, I believe, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, so this is a follow up to It Follows. It's uh, how do I? Someone called it hipster Hitchcock, and that's kind of spot on. It's like the score is still by Disaster Piece, but it's a full orchestra, and it's the, the score is fantastic. It's about Andrew Garfield playing a sort of um, stoner guy in Hollywood or in LA who um, yeah, sees patterns uh, in everything. He sees conspiracies in everything. Um, and a lot of times, like there's obviously, we're led to believe there's obviously nothing there, but he's seeing something there, and he's sort of piecing together this weird undercurrent of stuff happening in LA. It's way, way more bizarre than what the trailers have made it out to be. It's insane. Like, uh, there's some amazing moments in it. It's two and a half hours long, though. It's about forty minutes too long, and it gets a bit boring at times. But if they if they cut out half an hour from the running time, it would be fantastic. Like, it would be fucking amazing because some of the scenes in it are, are just worth. I mean, just worth watching. Also, it's got Topher Grace in it. And Topher Grace is pretty good in it. Um, uh, Eric Foreman from that seventies show, uh, but yeah, it's just great. It's just it's, it is really good. It's a really good film. I would just warn you that it's a bit long, um, long going, but it's uh, the music's great, the acting's great, um, the the horror elements are really good, and just the sort of the what the fuckness of it is is up there. Sweet, I'll, sounds uh, good. Yeah, it does sound good. I think I wanted Under to the check it out when I saw it, saw it was released. I've noticed again that some people hate it, but some people love it. So uh, it's just one of them. What? Uh, yeah. Was there anything else, Lucas? Uh, no, that's it for me. Uh, Jojo Rabbit, but that's not really a horror. Although there is a pretty horrific scene in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I like that though. It was, I thought it was pretty damn awesome. Yeah, the great. film, not the horrific, not the horrific <laughs> I love scene. That horrific so. bit. The rest of it, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, horror movies then. Horror movies of the decade. The 2010s, not the 1910s. You idiots. Uh, so, um, <laughs> Bloody hell, grow up, mate. Who wants to take the first the first uh, nugget? Should we let Mr. Irregular himself take the first nugget? <laughs> yeah. I'll do it in an irregular order. So starting with number four. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I'll begin. Are we going to do like we did last time? And if we have anything that anyone else has got, we'll just all hop in and talk about it then. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So in that case, I shall begin with my number 10 um, going through the decade. I began with The Woman in Black was my number 10. Um, I, no. I, saw the, I, I saw the stage play. Um, I think after I saw the movie... Um, it doesn't quite beat the stage play because I think that's quite a unique experience in itself. But um, it was on TV over Christmas. I think my family were watching it on, might have even been like Christmas Day or Boxing Day, jolly Turner family get together, um, watching a program about ghosties that, that get rid of people. And actually, there were some very atmospheric moments. There are some bits that maybe don't pan out all the way but um there are some horrific scenes out on the moors the location works really good it's nice to see daniel ratcliffe doing you know really coming out of that that role that defined his career so so early on and doing something a little different have either of you guys seen it yeah i, I went to the cinema to see it when it first came out um 
I haven't seen it since then though, and I haven't really thought about it, but I remember thinking it was pretty effective. Yeah. Maybe it's because I've seen it recently. It just sprung to the top of my mind when I was doing the list, but there are some great scenes and it's nice to get into I guess it's not quite gothic horror in terms of the the period but like nice to look at some of that period horror stuff you know the foggy streets of um yeah you know, some yeah. coastal town and stuff as well it's got some great scene work i think yeah yeah it's a good one uh, i don't think yeah any, i've um, not seen it brought up much so <laughs> it probably should be hmm. um my mum's is a huge fan of this film she's always like She's always going on about it. You've done the woman in black on your podcast yet? It's the best one. I go, oh, come on. Um, but yeah, I've got quite fond memories of it as well. I've only seen it once, I believe, but I remember it being pretty creepy and it's quite a, quite a um, effective little ghost story, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I wasn't sure uh, how it would, um, you know, how it would compare to the play. And like I say, the um, if you get a chance to see the, the stage version, get a bit of culture, then um, <laughs> it's really good. It's a, It's not exactly the same um, as it is on on stage. It's framed where someone is retelling the story, but um, yeah, there are some really spooky moments in it, and I think jump scares. They're not all, um, you know, jump scares that are a bit cheap, but um, there, there's some real good tension building as we go through the sort of the haunted house aesthetic as well when he's remember, doing all that paperwork. <laughs> I remember really enjoying the mud stuff. Uh, mm. Some creepy stuff in the mud. Getting the carriage out of the mud and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Right, Ben. So there we go. Number ten. Good number ten. Shall I? Shall I do a number ten, Luke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on, then, mate. So polite. <laughs> uh, so number ten, I've gone for um, it. Chapter one. Oh. Um, because Ooh. oh, 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 oh. oh. Oh, bloody hell, mate. Oh, bloody hell, you dirty bastard. That's right. Talk dirty to me. Um, just because I think it really, it, it's, it captured like a great sort of moment. I think a good couple of years where we got some decent Stephen King content, didn't we? And it just kind of brought, brought like the scariness of clowns to the forefront again. Not that we really needed it, but um, it really did. And a lot of people looked fondly upon the sort of miniseries and it kind of made a lot of people want to revisit the miniseries as well. This blows that out of the water. This is like the best adaptation of that half of the book, even though I know in chronological order, it's not like half It's obviously sequential throughout it, but I think it captured the book and those characters in ways that I never quite expected. And it included stuff from the book as well that I'd never really expected. Um, I think it's like, a really, really good adaptation and like probably one of the best Stephen King. I know last week, Luke, you said that Dr. Sleep was possibly one of the best Stephen King adaptations. Mm-hmm. I think if that's the best at Stephen King adaptation, um, sorry, I think this is the best adaptation <laughs> of Stephen King's work. Yeah. Just, But just about, I'd say. Yeah. Just about. I think it does. Unfortunately, chapter two didn't quite reach those heights. I feel like it was a bit, over, it was a bit bloated. It was a bit, yeah, it kind of, but then I'm glad we got to have this sort of like contained story of just the kids. I feel like if they tried to make one film with both of those set, with both of those things, like a supercut, I don't think it would have worked quite as well. But this one, it kind of really captured a lot of things, didn't it? It captured like Stand By Me, Goonies, those sort of classic 80s um, ragtag group of kids yeah. fighting, fighting, a, fighting an interdimensional 
Also, in, um, Pennywise, this version of Pennywise is well and truly in the zeitgeist of, you know, um, popular culture. Um, and uh, I think people growing up, young kids growing up watching horror movies now might see Pennywise in the way that we saw Freddy Krueger growing up, where we just thought the idea of him was scary and funny and weird. And um, maybe some people aren't going to watch it because they're scared because they've seen pictures of him. Uh, and it, like I did with Freddy when I was growing up. Um and they'll get around to watching it. It'd be, it'd just be one of those films that they'll just they'll love. I mean, I, it'd be weird to see if they did another sequel to sort of try and keep it going. Because they are talking about it, aren't they? Well, there's rumours, right? Oh, really? I wasn't 100% sure on that. What, I'm what, not sure, I'm not sure if it's official. I don't, I don't think it's official, like, you know, studio rumours or, you know, people it, whacking onto people's CVs or anything like that. I think it's literally just fans are talking about, oh, you could do another one and this is how you would do it. And... I can imagine that if people keep talking about it along, people will get the sniff of money and who knows if they do it or not. But I agree with Luke that I think they've made such a an iconic look to the character that it's going to be things that people know about, even mm. even if they've not seen seen the movie. You can it starts to penetrate just that the sort of pop culture consciousness. You can imagine him being in the background of the quiz of the year of like a you know, just an image from the from the year. I can tell you honestly, I think I maybe overlooked this when I wrote my list. There's no time to change anything now. It's too <laughs> late. But um but yeah, I, I agree with you, Ben. It's it's a fantastic horror movie and a great adaptation. I had a big fondness for the for the T V miniseries and, and, and Tim Curry as Pennywise, but I think um whichever of the Skarsgård brothers it is has done a fantastic job of Really bringing that character to life and making it his own, not just do, doing an impression. Hmm. <clears throat> oh yeah, it's a completely unique, you know, take on the character. And arguably, even though Tim Curry obviously is an absolute legend in his in his take on Pennywise, I think this one is gonna be the one that kind of lives longer in in sort of pop culture. But yeah. then I guess you got two movies to to do it. Yeah, it was a shame in the second one that Pennywise as a threat didn't kind of feel like as terrifying yeah. as he did in the first film. Um, but yeah, an, an iconic um, horror movie villain. That I mean, it would be nice to see him in another film, but, you know, yeah, they've kind of told the story now, haven't they? So yeah. they don't really need any more. Did any of you guys have that? Oh, well, I know, Andy, you said you didn't. Luke, is that in your top ten at all? No. Again, I kind of feel like I maybe overlooked that one. Um, I think that's something probably need to say is that it's going to be very easy to have overlooked a lot of stuff yeah. because a decade is a massive, <laughs> such a massive length of time to sort of take in. And there are some, some films that are released in like 2010, 2011 that, you know, I was like, mm. God, have I seen that? Or what? It was, it was a bit strange. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. Luke. Okay. Um, my number 10 is Jordan Peele's get out. Um, get out. I mean, you can't watch it and not, understand that it's just a great entertaining horror movie in itself it's really well directed the music's great, the sunken place, the special effects is all really great um, but it's also just a really fresh uh, perspective on horror that weirdly feels like it should have always been there but um, it feels just like slotted in perfectly it's, it's just a great great horror movie um, and it's entertaining, I kind of like the because the original ending was um, that he would do all this stuff, and then the police turned up, and he'd get arrested. That was Jordan Peele's original ending; like he would get arrested for the. I kind of thought killing. that was what was going to happen. I thought that was. Gonna, I thought it was coming. Yeah. yeah, 
And then apparently Jason Bloom said you can't do that to the hero after he's gone through all this. So then he changed it to the to the friend, which does work. I mean, it's a fantastic ending. But um, I don't know. Something about me enjoys a good bleak ending. <laughs> so um, I would have gone for that one. But it's just a, it's just a great film. Um, I would show this horror movie. If you had to show any sort of casual movie fan who had like said, I don't know about horror movies, I've never really got into them. I would, this is one of the films I would show them and say, this is how fun and interesting and fresh and uh, relevant think, horror movies can be. I think it's because it like transcends horror and thriller yeah. and, you know, drama yeah. and, and social commentary and, you yeah. know, all these different things rolled into one as well as being a really effective horror film. It's got, um, it's got like, uh, yeah, so, from Hitchcock, and then it's also got the Black Mirror style stuff thrown in there. I don't know; it's it's just a perfect horror for this for for the, these times. And, Go on, Ben. And considering it was his first film, yeah, that's a, yeah. quite an achievement. Uh, so I'll just say, Get Out is my number six on my top ten list. How oh, I understand it's my number six as well, well Ben. Mate, Whew. is it? Yeah, look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Same yeah, wavelength. No, wavelength. Nothing else to say. It's uh, it's it's great. It's um, really really well done. Cool. About your number nine, Andy. Right. Let me just see what I've got here to consult my paperwork. Um, for my number nine, um, I have gone for. Um, I think you guys have seen this. A creep. Uh, Mark Duplatz. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I think you're you're probably going to find as we go through. Maybe I'll have missed some some huge absolute sitters because as I was looking through the list, I was on Letterbox scrolling through horror movies that had come out in the last ten years, and I think as soon as I saw certain titles coming, I was like, oh yeah. I think the ones I've really gone for is things that when I saw, I thought, yeah, I'd get back and watch that again right now if I wasn't, yeah, you know, if I had all day, I'd sit and watch all these and. Creep was one of those that has really stuck with us, and I know that I've I've recommended it to other people as we've as we've gone through the year and told people they need to sit down and watch it. the The follow up to it was also really enjoyable, but I think the first one just edged it just for there's there's a great feel of of unease about the whole thing from the very very start, and you know the sort of talking head moments he's having with the guy who, when he's interviewing them. And the the feeling of dread and how sinister it is builds up and up and up through that early stage to when you see him like subtly hiding his keys and then he gets his keys back and then he's yeah. at the bottom of the stairs in in the mask and then um, spoilers I guess like when he when he gets home as well and that next bit where he's creeping around the house and the ending itself um, that final it's shot just, will stick with me yeah yeah it's just so so smartly done and it's never it's never over the top there's there's very little you know screaming and running and and terror like it's quite gentle in its pacing overall but there's some great like out of point of view shots there's some fantastic um really creeping horror and you know it's it's just a weird guy right so (laughs) that could happen and i imagine it does happen to people all the time across the world yeah. you just meet an old character you... and then just get a little bit of discomfort <laughs> sorry what did you think of the sequel i liked it sequel yeah i i liked it as well not not quite as much as this because i think it had some of the the feelings about it and 
and some of the moments were were done first in this one. I, I think we literally mm. watched them back to back. I think we watched the first and rolled straight into the second. And they sit very well to watch them together like that. But I, I think I just the tension is just that much greater. Um, I think having seen the first one, you can sort of smile and enjoy along with the character a little bit more in the second. It hasn't got that unease about it as much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it was a very creepy watch, definitely. That's another one where Jason Blum changed it. I heard that it wasn't even a horror movie when they first started making it. They were just making this sort of weird things. And like two people, that Patrick Bryce guy making it with him. And then I think they sent it to Blumhouse and they said you should make this into more of a horror film. And they uh, changed some bits and pieces, I guess. Yeah, it's good. I like it. It's got those ideas. And then is, a, is another one coming? Is it still on the slate? I have no idea, to be honest. I don't know, actually. No, not sure. Ben, number nine. Okay. Uh, my number nine is I Saw the Devil. So the Korean cat and mouse horror thriller um, starring uh, Choi Min-sik, uh, who is old boy. Um, and this is just like really, really brutal. Um, I don't know if you, have you guys seen this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Potentially. Yeah. It's just really, really like brutal and it just keeps getting sort of worse. And Choi Min-sik is like the worst kind of guy. He's like a serial killer. Um, he kills uh, a young woman who is... Um, possibly married or maybe engaged to like a police officer uh, or a police officer slash slash sort of like CIA, whatever the equivalent in Korea of CIA is. Like a super agent. police officer, right? Yeah. yeah, he's like a super police officer and he decides to tra- track the murderer down and it's just like really brutal game of cat and mouse where he sort of catches and releases him over and over again in order to sort of inflict the most amount of torture on him. And I guess the sort of overarching question is, Who's really the psychopath, eh? Is it this serial killer? Is it this police officer who won't just let him die? And, uh, yeah, I've seen it a few times. I've seen it maybe three times since um, it was released. And it's always a film that it's it's like, it's quite a slog. I think it's like uh, approaching two and a half hours. But I just thought it was absolutely brutal. There's some really great imagery. And I think there's something, um, I've got another Korean film in my honorable mentions, but there's just something about sort of the Korean suburbs and sort of these really dark, dank areas of Korea, which do really lend themselves well to sort of um, yeah, horror yeah. and really, and sort of scary stuff like this. Uh, yeah, so I thought I had to include that. Nice. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a good, it's not on my list. Um, uh, my number nine is It Follows. Probably a bit of an obvious one, I think, maybe. Um, but for good reason it's just a really great interesting new idea for a horror movie that maybe doesn't follow its logic all the way to the end but it's genuinely creepy uh, the most fun you'll have looking at sort of uh, a screen where you know that the villain isn't there but you're still looking at every little pixel to try and see something moving to try and find it's like a constant horror where's wally game constantly looking for him um <laughs> And it's just great. I mean, it's, it, this, even the opening scene, you see that girl, she's running away. She doesn't know what she's looking at. She's running around the camera and the camera's circling around her and it just cuts to her absolutely mangled body on the beach. Just like such a killer, <laughs> killer opening shot. Um, and the soundtrack is Afterpiece. I still listen to that to this day. Yeah. Um, just a great soundtrack. Um, yeah, I don't know what to say about it, really. I mean, it's... Um, uh, yeah, I guess... 
I've seen this movie a few times and I've enjoyed it pretty much every time. Yeah, I've seen it a few times as well. Um, it's on my list. It's my number four. Um, I've got a really sort of quite a place in my heart for this film, whereas when yeah. I first saw it, I was a bit like, I don't really know. Like it's if, For me, it feels like a bit of a kind of a ridiculous, lame concept that shouldn't work. It really shouldn't work, but it just does. It just hits every single yeah. possible... Um, it's creepy. It's got some really creepy sort of like um, moments and reveals, and the fact that this this being or whatever it is um, embodies sort of everyone and anyone uh, is crazy. And the fact when you really start to think about it, it makes you think as well. You know, when films make you go, "Well, what would you do? What would yeah. you do in this scenario?" Yeah, yeah. yeah and you go, "Well, I'll get straight down there. I'll be." So it, I mean, again, it is, it is it is essentially transmitted sexually as well, isn't it? So yeah, just never have sex. Just never, just never have sex. Yeah, but yeah. this is the thing. You start thinking about the details of it. It's like, well, if somebody get, is killed, that it was following, then it's on yeah. to you next. It kind of like you're Not never free of never it. You're never sex. ever free of it. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've never had sex. All right, that's what I do. It'd be, it'd be coming towards me, and I'd stop it. I go, stop. I've never yeah. even had sex, and they go, sorry, got misunderstanding. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. This is a, this is a, this is a great film, and I think yeah, this the the soundtrack really lends um, just some of the best creepy vibes to it. Yeah. Yeah. And for all the reasons you guys have explained, this was my number five. And I little, think I'm uh, too hot with some of these. Yeah. Mine are too warms, your list. Yeah. Warms, warms my heart a little bit. It was the first episode I recorded with you guys as well. Yeah, okay. So yeah. precious memories. <laughs> There we go. Yeah. Precious, precious memories indeed. For that reason, it's my number one, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, what what uh, number did you say it was? Number number five. Number five for me. And they say it was four for you, right, Ben? Number four for me. Yeah, yeah. There was a. To be fair, like a few on this list, like I could, I could probably switch order yeah. and not really worry about it too much. But this was one I felt like I needed to get quite high. Yeah. Yeah. Same for me. I think my order here is really pretty <laughs> arbitrary. You could you could be in the mood for any any number of them on the you know on the day that you you sat down to watch a movie. But um, yeah, I think I think it's definitely worth a mention. I think it's certainly it's so well made and it's so different to some of the others tonally. And as Luke says, there's all those little moments, uh, some great little visual bits like the the concertina girl at the beginning and the yeah. tall man who just that, that scene particularly, the one that yeah, sticks yeah. with is when they open that door oh, yeah. and that big old tall man just, <laughs> just follows that way the through. Behind. Yeah. So good. So good. You just, yeah. as, as, as the, as the audience, your, your immediate reaction to that is like, ah, which yeah. uh, is always great to feel, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. All right, Andy, number eight. Number eight. So for number eight, um, I have for us um, a remake. Is it the only remake on my list? I do not know. I haven't checked. But um, I've gone for the remake of um, a favourite of all of us, I know. The Thing. Oh, oh, very interesting. A remake of The Thing. So um, this is a difficult one. Wait, are we talking about the... Um, the sequel thing with uh, yeah, well, it's, uh, it's kind of like a prequel. It's oh yeah, the it is a prequel, but it's yeah. essentially yeah. it's essentially a oh. remake because it's like okay. every, every bloody beat, every beat is exactly pretty much exactly the same, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I uh, 
I went in skeptical. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't sure what to expect of it. Like it came at a time when I think we were all pretty brutal on things that were perceived as as remakes. Um, but actually, there are some great moments in the thing. Like I would have loved to have seen it with all the original practical effects that they planned. But actually, even with the CGI that was inserted. Um, particularly think back to that scene in the kitchen where that lady sort of bends over backwards and then is chasing them through those sort of high, those high things. There are some great terrifying moments and the body horror elements of the thing are surpassed by, by few, by few horror movies, I think, whether you're CGI or practical and it's a genuinely terrifying concept, right? That you could encounter something that, slowly but surely is gonna like people who you think you can trust i think the paranoia uh, and the fear and the mystery is 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 still translated very well um into that remake and, I, and i've seen it a number of times not for a few years now but as i was scrolling through the list and i saw it on there and i thought that's an interesting one okay for a little taste yeah. of that again yeah i've i've probably like <laughs> gone for some really bizarre picks guys then it'll turn I out like at the end it. of this I like the out of left field no, no, no. yeah by the way well, um, the, regular though, the, so. the faces that stitched together in that scene you know you know he's like he just, the, the thing just presses its face to him and then it sort of melts into yeah. him yeah it's great it's fantastic I think like I do like that film and I do enjoy it but I think the probably one of the reasons I don't rate it as highly as I would if it was just a film on its own is because it just feels so familiar and so many of the beats feel the same but i, I agree with you like a lot of the heart a lot of the body horror stuff is great um cgi i don't think it's perfect but i think it kind of does the job yeah. there's some good good sort of characters in it uh and it's just nice to be back in that well i say nice but you know what i mean uh, yeah <laughs> it's, it's it's fun yeah, to it's be nice, back in <laughs> yeah this is nice isn't it having a bloody uh, thing running around yeah. turning into people yeah. um, also, very Mary, lovely Mary mate. Yes, it is. it's always good I think she's fantastic and it's good to get her yeah. a mention and also how satisfying is it when the film ends exactly how the original begins that's a good yeah, moment that, that is, is a good moment that's so nice that's done. satisfying yeah that is satisfying <laughs> they slap like, like jigsaw pieces Ooh, yeah, and then you go, yeah. <laughs> get a ble- and you go, get a bloody original one right now. Slot it right in. Let's watch it. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure as well that like it's not just the ending, right? I, does it does it map out? So, you know, when I think so. it, all the, the dead the things, thing, like, if they go back, yeah. the dead things match with the things that they find when they go there. So and there's an axe so in the wall, I think, done. or there's like something, there's some weapons or something laid out where they're left in the in this version. Yeah, I think it all works together. Yeah. So that's what I like. It's it's nice, thoughtful, Hard thoughtful filmmaking. filmmaking. Yeah, <laughs> considered filmmaking. Yeah, good. Um, Ben, your time has come. Okay, so for my number eight, I've gone for Under the Skin, which uh, we discussed on an episode only recently. Um, this is a diverse list sort of look- that we're making here. <laughs> Feel like we're yeah, it's waves. very diverse, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, so yeah a great sort of like science fiction um slow burning horror film and just from watching it again again when i when when i watched it recently for the podcast that was maybe like the third time i'd seen it um it's just so unnerving and it's got some really great visuals that i think are some of some of the like really iconic sci-fi visuals um and i think it's a great performance from scarlett Hansen as well and uh 
it kind of made me want to go and read the book again because I in, the book is a very different sort of take on the same story uh, and very unique. So I wanted to I wanted to go back and check it out. But yeah, it's a really really good film, and it's it's always one that I kind of recommend to people. And you a few people I recommend it to. I, I, I don't know if I'd recommend it to anyone. <laughs> It's See, just... that's the thing. I I definitely recommend it to, to. I can remember recommending it to at least one person, and they've gone. That was absolutely awful. But I kind of got a, like a quiet satisfaction from that. Oh, you, you know? like it? You, I just go, <laughs> <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> yeah. yeah, two hours of your life wasted. They belong yeah. to me now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think the sound the soundtrack's really like creepy, unnerving, crawly. Get it really gets under your skin. See what I did there? It's weird, isn't um, it? Because it kind so, of marries yeah. like the sort of Kubrickian elements with like natural unscripted uh, improv type scenes. It, yeah. It works really well. Together. It reminded me of, <clears throat> so when you mentioned Annihilation before, I, I wasn't particularly into Annihilation. I thought it was all right. That's a, again, looked really nice. Had some great visuals, but I mean, mm. there's a lot of stuff in that that kind of reminded me of this. And it felt like this was like the pure version of mm. like some 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 ideas which, which were explored in that film, uh, but yeah, super creepy. It's just like the unknown, isn't it? It's just like we don't really find out that much about what she is, what her purpose is, and what she's doing here, how she got here. So I think it's that unknown, yeah, which yeah. kind of makes it creepy. Yeah, but well, I love it. It's a good one, man. Uh, my number eight is probably going to be uh, elsewhere on lists, I imagine. Um, is Ariaster's Hereditary which was maybe my favourite horror film from a couple of years ago. Just, um, I don't know, um, really, really terrifying and funny and just sort of an insane movie when we think about that first head-lopping bit to it. Um, I, I don't know, I feel like this is just a great, out of most horror movies you see, not many really, really stick with you and sort of enter your dreams and, Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Steph, but this one really does. It really gets under your skin. And it's, um, I just think about like the, the screen when um, Thingy just goes to bed. Uh, I can't remember his name now. The 
the boy after he gets home after the accident he just goes straight to bed and he just hears mm-hmm. his mum screams the next morning it's just so many like good little moments and like I've, I talk about it all the time but horror movies always did a thing where is there something in the shadows or isn't there and this is one I've genuinely been staring at the screen looking for looking at the shape and thinking <laughs> yeah. is that thing or is it a naked old person I'm not too sure um, but this just absolutely nails it um, it's just I think um a really fantastic I guess all these films that I'm talking about have been debuts. Yeah, so far, yeah. I just like I like debuts. I hate the hate follow ups. <laughs> oh, absolutely hate follow ups. Uh I've also included Hereditary on my list. Uh it's number two on my list. Oh whew. uh so right up there. Right up there. Because I really enjoyed it the first time, but then when I sort of rewatched it, um, it just really, really sort of cemented itself as one of my favourites, just because, yeah. just because of absolutely everything. Really, um, it's a good film. It eh? is just, it's a, it's a riot, and it is genuinely like horrific. Yeah, yeah, that particular moment about uh, someone losing their head. Like I can't remember the last time I watched a film in the cinema, and I was literally, I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. I was speech speechless. But Which also looking cinema, around at everybody right? else, like going, you should be should be speechless the entire way through. Yeah, you should. I was chat, I was chatting the whole way through. Right? I was going, hey, "What's this? This film's quality." Yeah, come on, come on, woo, cheering, chugging a beer, chugging a beer, and then when that happened, I was silent. Everyone else was like, "Finally, fuck." Finally, he's dead, and then someone lopped my head off. Terrible. Yeah. Um, I suspect it's only not on my list because I still haven't got around to watching the fucker. But um, I will. It's it's on a DVD case. Uh, it's uh, it's on my shelf right now. It's just uh, you know you got to go over to the cabinet and open it and put it in the old uh, Xbox there. I think you'd be very very months. happy with yourself when yeah. you do I, finally do it. I will. I'm going to treat myself. Maybe when I've done, when I've successfully done something good enough, and I feel like I'm, I'm ready for a reward. Yeah, that's it. But I think one of the challenges is that um, I know that it's a horror movie that will disturb my long-suffering <laughs> wife. Like, oh yeah. So it, it's not one that we're going to be able to watch together. So it's always a bit of a, a struggle to find that time with. Um, do you want to? Go away and do something else so I can watch this film that you won't like. But um, I, I always say it's for the podcast. I've, ah. got to, I've got to watch it. So oh, it's work technically. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Good. Yeah. Andy, did you say it was on your list? No, I said it would be. I, 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 oh, right. I, having heard you guys talk about it and knowing so oh, much about okay. it, sorry, I, I, I missed that. I, when you I said imagine that, it sorry. would make it, but yeah, not yeah. watched it yet. But I know, I know, its quality is highly spoken of. Cool. Yeah, man, you definitely, you definitely got to watch it. It's like, I mean, you've seen, you've seen Midsummer, haven't you? I have, I have. Yeah, so I, I think, think if you've seen better. Midsummer, you yeah. kind of like it'd be a great, it would be a great double bill. I mean, you probably wouldn't be able to sleep or <laughs> any function, yeah, or speak. You've had a function for a few days. Yeah. Double speechless. <laughs> double speechless. That's, that's that's a good way to be. You're actually making the surroundings around you more quiet because <laughs> you're doubly yeah. speechless. Yeah. Like a vacuum. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Ben. Who's turn is it? Your turn. Andy's. Is that Andy? Oh, no. My turn. Have I skipped Andy? Have yeah, I back, skipped back Andy. to me, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And where are we then? So Number seven. No, number eight. Yeah, number seven. Yeah. Number, number seven. Where are we? Where are we? Ah! We're sticking with an actress that appeared in my previous pick um for another for another outing 
So my next pick for number seven, um, 10 Cloverfield Lane. Interesting. Very nice. Yeah. Again, again, I think I always, I think when we go through these, I'm immediately drawn to what people might criticize them for. And I know that there's some criticism that this becomes a weird sci-fi movie in the last, I've never, in the heard, last anyone, I've never heard anyone criticize that bit. I think that's, that makes the film that elevates the film. I, I liked yeah. it. I, I liked it certainly, but again, maybe converse to my films of the year where I've gone for the more lighthearted stuff. What I seem to be going at here is just incredible tension. Uh, and, and immediately it comes to me a few scenes like, I think the scene that really sticks with me, probably even more so than that poor guy getting shoved into a bucket of acid, yeah. uh, is the bit where they're playing, like, uh, not charades, but they're playing some type of party game where yeah. they're trying to work out. It's like, oh, he sees you. He knows what you're up to, and you can't do it. And, you know, and, and it's an incredibly tense moment because um, the two characters are trying to get get away with something behind john goodman's back and he they're so worried that he's on to him and there is there's such a paranoia about it and there's those those other great scenes like that lady that's at the door to the to the bunker that's trying to get in and again the claustrophobia from being such a you know such a close a close quarters very limited number of sets um yeah can't get enough of it and it's very very well done yeah. it's uh it's my number seven as well andy oh, uh, oh wow so <laughs> so when i was making my sort of like top 100 films of the decade uh this was one that you actually mentioned that that made me remember it because it wasn't i'd like forgotten it it was just one i managed to sort of overlook and i just remembered it it was a film that i kind of went in with like zero expectations because i never really liked cloverfield so much um and do you remember that? What was the other weird Cloverfield thing that came out? What was that called? Cloverfield Paradox. It's Cloverfield Paradox, yeah. Where that guy's full of worms. Yeah, was that... Was that... That was after this, right? That's after, I think it was after right? That, yeah. It was, this, it the was Cloverfield after, Paradox yeah. was the one that was... Um, it was like the shadow drop on Netflix, wasn't it? It was like, look at this trailer, and it's yeah. out now! Now! Yeah, that's right. But yeah, I thought this was a great sort of... Again, horror movie, yes, but a great thriller sort of set in one location obviously there was more locations elsewhere but john goodman like absolute powerhouse in this Mm. in this film i think everyone was great but yeah john goodman was was a powerhouse and sort of it was good to see him uh excel in such a role yeah it's a good one it's a good one um i think i was gonna put in my honorable mentions but but i didn't so i don't know why um my number seven is not going to be on anyone else's list, so I don't believe. And it's also a bit of a cheat, uh, but it's stuck with me. Uh, VHS 1 and VHS 2. These are dirty little anthology horror movies that not all the segments of these films are that great, but there's certain segments in each one that will really stick with you. Are really gross in places, are really horrific and horrendous in places. Um, this one of the segments in VHS two, the short film done by Gareth Edwards, is one of my favorite horror movies of all time. It's insane. It's like ten minutes long, and it's like it's absolutely brutal. Um, just goes to some really weird places. It's uh, really fun. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, it introduces a lot of filmmakers who've gone on to do great stuff. Um, the guy who did the Ritual, um, got a short film in this. Radio Silence, the guys who did 
ready or not. I think they've got film in one of these as well. Um, I don't know, just just really fantastic. In my opinion, the best anthology horror of this decade. Uh, I can't think of any other anthology horror, even TV shows that have. I'm not including Black Mirror in this, but that have really, I don't know, stuck with me. And when I wasn't watching too many horror movies, these were the kind of things that I randomly put on late at night and really enjoyed and felt like this is what I want from horror, something that I'm not too sure if I'm going to like it and ended up really enjoying it. Yeah, both of them. I've not seen VHS 2. VHS 1, I think I've seen that. There's a there's like a vampire lady and there's uh, there's sort of the glit, yeah. there's the glitchy man in the forest. Yeah, that was not a good one. <laughs> But uh, um, this... what else? What else? I I remember really enjoying it, but it's been so long. I think I saw it not too long after its re- first release. Yeah, some great ones in there. Yeah, I, I, I think I've only seen the first VHS as well. Yeah, yeah. You said VHS too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that one, it Gareth Edwards is the raid guy, right? So I get him and the Gareth who made Rogue One mixed up sometimes. The two Gareths. Uh, the two, <laughs> the two Gareths. Um, one so Gareth, made the raid. Which one made? He made this one, uh, and it's um, it's got that similar, insane kinetic energy that he he did in the, the raid films. Okay, so you know, there's Gareth Edwards who did like Rogue One, Monsters, oh, and Gareth God, and Evans and Godzilla. Gareth. Evans? Yeah, okay. How am I going to get that? Gareth Edwards, Gareth Evans, Gareth <laughs> Evans. There's too many. Um, Gareth yes, Gareth Evans. Evans. So there's, yeah, there's yeah. a Gareth Evans and a Gareth Edwards. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, when you said you got them mixed up, I think they just merged into one in my head as well. Yeah. Good on you, Gareth. Uh, <laughs> go on, Gareth's. Gareth E's. So are they, are they in your lists? Probably uh, near the top. <laughs> I'd say a bit of a bit of an oversight from rumors because, like, I I agree with you. I think it def- it's definitely worth mentioning because they are fantastic anthology films, and uh, I think the anthology itself as a format gets overlooked often. I'm glad to see it make a return in in recent years with all of the TV shows. All of the TV shows making a comeback because mm. obviously there's the Twilight Zone. Is is Creepshow back officially now? Is it on Shudder? Yeah, it's on um, Shudder. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see all those things back. So uh, yeah, more power to you, VHS. Thank you <laughs> for your service. Number six, Mr. Uh, Andy Conduit Turner. Number six. Well, uh, oh. oh wait, sorry. Yes, Andy. Now, <laughs> now I'm number, confused by that. <laughs> hang on, didn't you just say VHS? Isn't it Ben's go? Ben's go for seven. Uh, no, no. no, it's the way around. I think, I think it is. I, I did so. Seven, my seven was ten Cloverfield Lane. So now, now it's six. Ah, yeah, and the for... same seven. So hang on, let's make this. So my six <laughs> was. We did my six earlier on because that was get at, and then we had it follows. That was my number five. So we're on to my number. Oh, do you want to hold on then? Is that how we're going to work it? Yeah, yeah. I think we better do it like that. So my number six. Otherwise, you're going to be doing your out, number one. Well. When yeah. we're doing a yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So, so my number six I, is get out. out. So yeah, number six is get out. My number six again uh, hasn't been mentioned. Probably won't be mentioned. Um, but in terms of bone gripping, skin ripping, you can't 
look away. In the similar sense, I imagine to cut uncut gems, but this has got to be more brutal. Is green room, which is the most tense experience I've had watching a film in a long time, um, and I still think that the um, uh, Anton Yochin. Uh, it's good to get him in this list anyway, but the scene with him sticking his arm through the door. Oh yes, Jesus Christ! That's <laughs> never yeah. ever going to forget that moment. Uh, yeah, when... I am. Um... It would be on my honourable mention stick. It was incredible. Um, the exact scene that you mentioned. I, I'll just add there quickly. Um, I watched it on a plane, and I was still as gripped by it and as horrified by it as if I was in the cinema. I'm sitting there on a flight on my own. Strangers would be like, "Oh, wincing away from the screen as this terrible event yeah. unfolded." Yeah, it's good. Uh, Ben's not on the not on your list there. I noticed. Uh, no, not on my list. Um, I might need to give it a rewatch because when I when I saw it, which was probably around about the time of release, it was 2015, wasn't it? Um, I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I wasn't like blown away by it. Hmm. One thing I've kind of re- recently noticed is that the the director Jeremy yeah. Saunier, yeah, um, he did Hold the Dark in 2018, but we haven't seen it. I don't know if he's making anything else. I think he will be. Um, I, we did Blue Ruin and then Green Room. And then hold the dark. Yeah, I'm I looking did, forward I, I, to his I did. next color film, whatever that is, because I like those <laughs> those films. He does. Yeah, yeah, uh, nice. So that was your number six. That was my number six. Yeah, Andy's number five Hello. is something. Yeah, my number five was It Follows. Right. Okay. Back round to Ben. Okay. Cool. So my number five is uh, The Witch. Ooh, um, which ooh, 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 Johnny mama. Bravo. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this this is like um, just a film that kind of I've returned to a couple of times since its release in 2015. Uh, Robert Eggers uh, movie, and it is just like insane. It's so like it's so stylish. The fact that it takes place in like what 1630s New England, um, it's just so bleak, hopeless, horrible, and I think it's just it's just genuinely, genuinely creepy and unnerving, and and it gives me the same kind of vibe that like the Blair Witch Project did back in the day. Not just obviously because of there's the fact that there's a witch uh, in the title and both in the film, but it just gives me that sort of it's just the unknown of the of the trees and the forest and just not knowing what's lurking in there and yeah, it's a really unsettling experience. I don't know if you guys have got this in your lists at all. It's not, and it probably should be in at least the honorable mentions in terms of the dedication to the kind of film it is, because it, it really just goes all the way with it. Um, yeah. It's not an enjoyable watch. Uh, it's quite a gritty, grueling... Yeah, as I said, it's it, it's very, very bleak, and you know it is upsetting, really. It but, upset uh, me. Yeah, it's it, it's a it's a really it's a freaky. It really freaks you out. Uh, Andy, have you got this on your list as well? I I haven't, but same as I can recognise why it it would be such a high pick. Like it is a very affecting film. Do you find like Ben with films like this as well? It kind of it it comes back to you when you're in a location like that. Obviously, we we yeah. have forests like that yeah, in yeah, this definitely. country. You go out for a nice country walk with your partner, or whatever, and it's like. Should we go for a nice walk in this sort of autumnal sort of situation? Just concrete over, mate. Concrete over. Save the world. 
<laughs> concrete over, mate. Make, make a big bloody car park. Uh, That'd be nice yeah. here in Asda. Massive Asda. <laughs> also, I, I, love I, uh, I love those films where it's on the knife edge of is it supernatural or is it not? And then right at the end, right at the last scene or like the last sort of two minutes, it sort of pushes back in, over into the sort of the supernatural or the weird. I just love films that do that. Yeah. Um, safety not guaranteed. Yeah. It's has a really, a bit of that again, of enough, it, even that though it's movie. like only 90 minutes, nine, 90 minutes long, it's still like a real, it is a real slow burn. Like you don't really know what's happening and what's mm. going to happen. It's just really, un, as I said, unsettling. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, what are we on? Five. Okay. Well, number five, again, will not be on anyone else's lists. Uh, I don't think so. Um, but it introduced Please. me to maybe one of my favourite filmmakers of uh, the decade. Um, I think it's kind of a, a lovely film for the first um, hour or so. Uh, but then it just gets so, so brutal. Uh, and we'll introduce the scenes you'll never forget. Uh, and it's Bone Tomahawk, which... Um, Again, I don't think it came on his list. Yeah. But it's um, oh, yeah. uh I mean, um it's Kurt Russell and uh Richard Jenkins and um Matthew Fox being fantastic actors, just interacting in really believable and Patrick Wilson again. Uh believable great ways and then sort of you kind of learn to love all of them and then towards the end they um just end up in this horrible, horrible situation. I'm not a big Western fan, but this maybe want to watch more western films uh if they're all like this i hope i haven't seen any but i hope they're all absolutely brutal <laughs> they might be but i mean s craig zada again introduced me to him and also uh brawn of Table at 99 was one of my favorite movies of the decade um just mm. I, I was i would put it on this list but it's not a horror movie so <coughs> it really belong. um yeah bone tomahawk i think that's uh that's a great choice i think i didn't add it to my honorable mentions but i think i will add it to my honorable mentions uh well just say it's on my honorable mentions because it's got like some of the most sort of like your face just yeah. flinchy cringy horrible horrific but stuff say, and it goes pretty this film and green room i think they end up so far on my list and the next one as well because the violence really feels violent like like a lot of films we watch nowadays and the, we've seen a lot of stuff happen a lot and somehow these uh directors have managed to work out how to really make us feel the pain again that you just don't like to watch these people get hurt because you can tell it hurts mm. yeah good choice good choice Andy I think we're uh, back I'm, on to you with number four I'm caught back up yeah so number four um, I'm gonna I don't think anyone else is gonna have this but I, I think it's a big name in, in, in the world of horror and it's something that's got me invigorated for the genre again. I'm um, going with a return to our favourite holiday. It's Halloween, and Michael oh, Myers cool. coming yeah. back. Yeah. Um, mm. On reflection of this of this movie, I think we we talked about it um, on the show right when it when it came out. And I think this is one that I've sort of sort of mulled over as the as the time has passed. I'm incredibly excited for the next instalment coming this year. Um, and there are some fantastic moments in this in this movie as well. I think it owes a lot to the to the John Carpenter score, which is so so iconic, yeah. um, and you know it always absolutely gets you in the mood for for a Halloween and a slasher movie. It's a, a subgenre of horror that I am particularly fond of, and there are some great 
constructed moments in it as well. Um, I watched it again. Um, again, I'm doing a lot of flying recently. I was on a, another chuffing plane, and I think it was a. I think it might have been an extended version of something because there were elements that I rem- that I saw in this watching mm. that either had passed me by or weren't in the cinema cut that I watched. And it was, and it made it made some of those pieces in the cinema, like it made the podcasting characters make yeah, a little yeah. bit more sense. And the thing that really struck me watching it again this time was the craft behind some of those scenes. And I think the moment that really sticks with me on this one was that scene where it's all shot through the windows of the houses, yeah, and yeah, you see good. him going in behind those people. And again, it's it's uniquely done. I didn't see it anywhere else in any other movies. And it's moments like that, that make me think this is why this is the big horror slasher franchise or one of the big ones that, that comes back for goodness knows how many iterations by this point, because there is just something about it. And there is a, there is an element to every single one that, that sets the trends that other, the other franchises go on to follow. So, uh, had to give Halloween a little tip of the hat with number four. Yeah, that's a good one. It's good to see that get in there yeah. as well. Yeah. Good inclusion. Ben, number four. Oh, you did that. Uh, you said that one already. Uh, was that your number four, um, Andy? It was my number four. Okay, yeah. So my number four um, is It Follows. So okay. we've already discussed We've already discussed that, all right? I'm not going to waste your time by talking about it again. It's number four. <laughs> uh, my number four is one that I was not expecting a huge amount from, but um, just because I enjoy the original so much, um, is the Evil Dead remake by oh. Fede Alvarez. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which, again, is brutal. Absolutely brutal. I must have had a, a brutal decade. Uh, but it's just, it has no right to be <laughs> as good as it is, as uh, palpably intense as it is. Um, and I enjoy every choice they made, every moment of, um, uh, I don't know, like making the main sort of Ash type character, the guy, uh, not the main character, making a proper reason for, for them to be in the cabin in the woods, for, to get over the, um, to go cold turkey. All these choices, and then I mean, I mean, how can you? And the, the bits of the uh, the needles going in the eye, and the uh, the the bit the raining blood moment, which I still refer to when I'm talking about like moments in films that I really like. I call it now the raining blood moment, the bit where you think the film's done, it's it's had all it's it's done, it, said all it's wanted to said, wants to say, and then there's a moment where you think, oh, I could probably get my coat on, I'm ready to go. And then it starts raining blood. And it's like, oh no, <laughs> there's still some pretty crazy stuff to go on. It's just a great film. Um, and I'm really excited because I've saw some rumors about making another Evil Dead. I'm wondering where they can go with it now. Uh, but yeah, it's great. It's a fantastic remake. It was a fantastic movie, even. Uh, another great choice and another one that probably I would probably put on my honorable mentions as well because i watched it for i watched it recently i watched it on i watched it on halloween actually and i watched it in with a group of people and it's a great film to watch with a group group of people because it is just it never lets up yeah. it is relentless um i also agree with everything you've said luke so much so <laughs> that uh it is my number one is it really the decade. Wow. yeah okay. I, yeah big number one everything you said like it is 
there are so many moments that are incredibly brutal in that yeah. film. It is deeply unsettling, deeply frightening. You cringe in your seat when you're watching it. But then there are other moments that you know they they, they still lean into the almost slapstick over the top element that Bruce Campbell used to bring into the original series as well. It is it, it definitely has love for the original and there are so many subtle little nods to it as well. But, but it's completely its own thing. Um yeah. and like you, I would be thrilled to ribbons if they went back and did something like that. I know there was even rumors of them crossing the two over, right? And having this set of characters interact with Bruce Campbell at some point, I, I would be it, up I think for it would still work. It would yeah. still work, yeah. Cool. Um, wow, number one. Okay. Uh, ben, your number three. Well, do we not have to go now to Andy for a number three? Is that all right? Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm getting confused worse. by the order as well. But <laughs> uh, Yeah, Andy, so number what, three. What's everyone's highest number so far? So, right, I've got, I've got three and two left to go. So I'll go for my number three then. So my number three, leaning into that slightly sideways look at horror um, that I am a big fan of. I think this is my favourite example of it. Um, much like the location of The Evil Dead, I've gone for Cabin in the Woods. Nice. Um, such yeah. a surprise. I I think this is a great example of a studio actually doing trailers right because i think going into this movie i was expecting a fairly by the numbers straight horror movie um from everything i recall seeing and what were you expecting it to be i was expecting like a big brother meets evil dead like there's security cameras and stuff i don't know yeah i i thought it was going to be a fairly straight horror movie i i think you see like uh, indication of the force field or something. So you, you think there's some science element to it, yeah. but I was expecting a fairly straight, straight laced horror movie, maybe a little bit of tech technology behind the scenes, but whatever I was expecting when I walked into that summer, it wasn't what happened. And I was delighted with what I got, like yeah. the humor that's behind it, the, the, just the richness of that world. I think there's been few films that I've spent, I don't know what the running time is, assume about 90 minutes, but there are a few films that I've got 90 minutes out of and then there's so much about it that you just get that little kernel of like all those other locations and all the monsters that they don't get around to using. They just throw everything into it, even if it's only on screen in a tiny little box for a fraction of a second. Yeah. And you, and you want to know more about all of it. Um, I I thought it was great and the characters were genuinely like all i find the the dialogue was was Richard smart Jenkins it's again. very funny yeah yeah it's, it's uh so it's my number two uh oh. cabin in the woods yeah um this is pro- I, this might be one that i probably would have had to add to my honorable mentions as well <laughs> another one that i kind of maybe glossed over when i was thinking about my list but i do like it i like the payoff more than i like the rest of the film now i think if that makes the you payoff, the, the payoff makes the this film, I think. Yeah, the, the I last, love the payoff. The last act. I think the, the yeah. payoff's insane. But I think, yeah. I do like it, though. I do like it. Cool. Uh, uh, you're number three, I guess, then, Ben. Okay. So my number three is... Uh, wait there. <laughs> Andy, was that your number <laughs> three or number gone. two? 
And that it. was my number. That was my number three because okay. you had my number yeah. one. So I've yeah. just got my number two left. Okay. Okay. So uh, my number three is the best zombie film of the decade, and one of my favorite zombie films ever is Train to Busan, um, which is a Korean zombies on a train masterpiece. It is just absolutely insane. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what it says on the tin. I mean, it's nothing more than that. It is a great, great film. Um, and you do really sort of like, you care about characters, you hate other characters. Um, and there's some really ingenious ways that they sort of try and survive this, this outbreak. Um, and it really is a, a great film. And, uh, again, another, another good film to watch with people because it is an absolute riot. Yeah, that's a good choice. Good to get that one on here. Are you were uh, subs or dubs, Ben, when you when you watched this Korean cinema? I'm subs. I can't do dubs. I, f- I find myself. That, I mean, that seems to distract me even more than, than subs. If they're like rubber lips, dubs. they're just sort of yeah. moving around. Yeah. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Yeah, I, need I mean, I, I can, yeah. I can, I can definitely watch a dub dubbed one, but mm. I think something about subtitles is just a little bit more yeah. enjoyable. But yeah, um, it's uh it's great. It's it's a one. It's a really really good film. And it's it's nice to see Ben like that being such a thing. I think if anything, the 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 tens or whatever we're officially calling them was probably a period of time when, by and large, we started to get a bit sick of zombies. He says, as The Walking Dead was one of the most popular like <laughs> comics and and like yeah. long running TV series. But I think you know you're real. You're I think a lot of horror fans began to got a bit bored with zombies in this period, but having that film you know still resonate with you so strongly i think it's a it's a great sign and you know very worthwhile i've taken a took a real train to busan once not as frightening quite nice good all right yeah (laughs) well i'm glad i'm glad it didn't go this way um this yeah i think it's just back to basics this film it just goes back to basics where it doesn't try and put too many you know a lot of zombie films and zombie series obviously try and the the hum the human characters have a lot of conflict and there's a lot of that stuff going on. There mm. is the, the characters are interested in this, but it kind of just thrusts them into this sort of life or death situation, um, which I think is what makes it so so insane. It's a good one. Uh, okay, so my number three is a film that I've always really thought was great, um, and then we reviewed it on the here, and I was like, it wasn't just great; it's a fucking masterpiece, and that's Black Swan. Darren Aronofsky's Black Swan. It's his best film. Oh, yes. It's so well made. And now I realise how great Natalie Portman's performance is. How sort of cathartic that ending shot is. How sort of weird. And so it's, it's the kind of horror that we don't really get too much of. But it's like in their mind, sort of like psychological horror, uh, really. But um, it's just so well put together. It's um, beautifully shot. Weird. And all the scenes where she's like in... Um, Darren Aronofsky always does like weird little digital embellishments where it's like not a major part of the scene but like if you look at one point you'll see another Natalie Portman in a reflection or and when she's dancing in the club you'll see distorted versions of her dancing further distant in another part of the club he's just a, he's just a great filmmaker although I did watch The Fountain the other day and I, or like the other week and I wasn't exactly keen on that but um, he yeah The Black Swan I think um He's won an Oscar, or Natalie Portman won an Oscar for this, or um, mm-hmm. deservedly so. It's um, I think that's right. Yeah, I think this is the best film 
on my list in terms of the best made film, the best put together film, but it's not my personally favorite film. Cabin in the Woods is eeks above it a little bit. And then my yeah. number one is like so my kind of film. I just can't wait to. It's probably the same as Ben's, I imagine. Can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> uh, but you're number two um, first, Andy. Oh, no. Uh, go on, Ben. Oh, sorry, ben, I was just got, about to say, yeah. I've included Black Swan in my honorable mentions because. It, I, I think I think it was a film that I never really saw as a horror film for so long, mm. uh, and I guess when we did review it, then it was then that I became accustomed to it and thought, yes, it is a horror film. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's maybe why I didn't include it in my list. So, uh, Andy, you've got your number two to go, right? Yeah, and we can okay. literally slam through this really quickly. We spoke about it last week. Um, I've gone for Midsummer for my number two. I feel really? like I feel like it might get booted for hereditary. How do you not watch the hereditary? You guys yeah. have seen it. Yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> I think I think it may get booted for hereditary because I think there are there's so much more classical horror in that picking a number two than talking about another film. Like I say, we talked about it last last week. I think it really it really stuck with me because of the the horror in absolute bright unrelenting daylight the efficiency of the filmmaking with some of those really clever cuts the you know i think the message behind it really and and some of the choices they made have really stuck with me on it and i think it's just an incredibly well film well made film that should be recognized for it again my order here has been almost entirely arbitrary because i would watch a film like midsummer far less frequently than i would watch cabin in the woods which i could probably stick on any given evening but um, I really do think that the the construction behind it makes it worth that sort of high position in the in the list. But yeah. you need to say no more about that because I know we went on into into depth on it. So I will eagerly await to hear your guys' number one. Uh, uh, Midsummer is also is also my honourable mentions. What have you got left to go, Ben? You got three, two, and one. So I got two and one. So my number two. What was your number three? Uh, it's. Train to Busan. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, I'm, I'm that, yeah. Am I saying that right? Train yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Busan, so my yeah. number two is Hereditary, which obviously we've already discussed. Right. But uh, yeah, I think the rewatch really solidified it for me as being like one of my favorites of the decade because, you know, it just, I had fond memories of watching it in the cinema, but then sometimes you think, is it going to be as good in the second time round? And for me, second time round, it was better. So cool. Yeah. Uh, well, my number two is Cabin in the Woods, so I've just got my number one to go. Uh, oh, so I've got my number one to go as well. It's the big reveal is Andy or Spent? I think Andy spent his cards. Yeah, and I well, spent mine with um with um Evil Dead was my number one. Shall I? If you if you if you guys suspect you might have the same, shall I count you down from three and you can both say it together? <laughs> yeah, we'll okay. say it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if we get this right, this is it. Like this three, two, one. Yeah, pod- three, two, one. Totally in then. podcasting. Yeah, three, two, one, and then, right? Okay. Three, two, one. Kill list. Kill list. Oh! <laughs> I thought it would be. I mean, this film. Shit. Come on. That's why we do. That's why we do a horror movie podcast <laughs> together, Luke. This you know, because we're just there. Uh, we're just there, aren't we? <laughs> we did this on episode. Was it episode two the of episode Horror Hangout? Yeah. I mean, it's a. It's a. Not only is it a really interest interesting horror film. It's really fucking scary. It's really fucking weird. It's brutal as fuck. It's in, it, the characters are great and the relationship's great. And like the ending is fucking oh my god, you will not forget that ending. 
Um, I mean, it introduced Ben Wheatley to us as well. I mean, oh, to me anyway. It's it's just a fantastic film. Hello, I'm Ben Wheatley. Here's some <laughs> horrific. Here's someone getting their head caved in with a hammer. Uh, straw yeah, face it mask. is just yeah, the straw mask. Yeah, it's again, it's another film. That, uh, these films that transcend genre are like they just really, really affect me in some way because, like it's a, it's a sort of crime thriller. It's kind of a bit of a, it's like two, it's a bit matey, two lads, two blokes, and it's just this weird, odd, unnerving undercurrent throughout that you're just what the hell's going to happen, and then it just goes full like folk horror come the end. Yeah. And it's just like this the mystery elements of it as well are just so just icky. Icky. I think I say icky. Yeah. It's a great mystery that when when they go to kill the priest and he says thank you. Uh, it's an honor. Like such a good little mystery. Um yeah, man, it's I great. think like Neil Maskell, Neil Maskell, like I know he's in loads of stuff, but I feel like he is a national treasure because Michael Smiley's in fucking everything. <laughs> Neil Maskell's not yeah, Michael Smiley. Not as much, uh, no play. Neil Maskell, yeah. when he says "abracadabra" after angrily pulling a tablecloth and ruining the dinner party for everybody, is probably one of my favourite cinematic moments. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably, probably ever because it's, <laughs> it's just fucking ridiculous. But yeah, this film is is a true a true horror movie for me because it is. A horror movie in every in every sense because you're you know, you're, just, only, you're there for the ride. Go on, sorry. Go on. Oh, I was gonna say the only downside on. to this film is that Ben Wheatley hasn't hit these heights since. Like he, no. he knocked it out of the park with this, and I think he's tried a few different things, uh, which is great. But uh, I'm looking forward to the next the next kill list that he does. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I kind of went on a bit. I had a bit of a Ben Wheatley. I think I've seen most of his major releases. I think I've seen everything. Free Fire, yeah. High Rise, yeah. Field in England, yeah. Sightseers. Yeah. Seen Down Terrace. I haven't seen his first film. I haven't seen Down Terrace, no. It's good. That was the film before this, wasn't it? Yeah. Um and I haven't he's got, also directed a film called Happy New Year, Colin Burstead. Oh yeah, I've not which seen has that. Also yeah. got yeah. And I've not seen that now. But yeah, I think it's again, it's a British film, so I I, I feel the same. With like 28 Days Later, it's probably like my horror film of the decade before that. And for me, it's when I can, when it's sort of set in England and it's got these sort of like gritty, legitimately English sensibilities with characters in it that are believable and settings that are believable. It, I think that really affects me because it feels like I could easily step out of my front door into these worlds. Yeah. And I think that's what makes, that's what makes me sort of gravitate towards these films so much and think of them as actually legitimately terrifying whereas you know you watch a horror film about a cabin in the woods in America and it feels so far removed from your real life that you're kind of like well yeah it's terrifying but yeah, yeah. I don't feel like it can happen to me but with this stuff you're like yeah yeah man it's good uh, so should we rack through some honourable mentions right quick um, yeah I got a couple yeah um, the ones I have pulled out um, to mention were a couple of things that just I think of like are just uniquely made films, uh, or perhaps don't get the attention they deserve. I was a big fan of um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil at the start yeah. of the decade, probably for similar reasons to things like Cabin in the Woods. It's just that lighter twist on those horror themes. Um, 
it may have flown under the radar for a lot of people, but there are some fantastic horror move- moments in M. Night Shyamalan's um, The Visit. Yeah, with a creepy woman under the under uh, the house. Un- under the house. Yeah. It's brilliant. <laughs> That's a good moment. It's, it's brilliant. Yeah. And there's the Yahtzee scene as well, which is, of course, fantastic. Um, uh, the other ones I had were Unfriended, which I actually really enjoyed. Um, I really enjoyed yeah. the pure, you know, just all based on that, um, you know, just all based on the desktop. It's, it's a very it's a very interesting way of filmmaking. Luke, I know you've done a short that, mm. that uses a, like a like a cool aesthetic like that as well. So that's a... That was something I really enjoyed watching. Quite a unique take on it. And then I couldn't get away without mentioning Ben. You know how much I love a a killer animal film, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I you know what came out in two thousand ten, the very start of of the glorious decade, the tens. Only Piranha three D. Ah, oh, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. That's the that's the yeah. the crawl. That you know the you know the the the. You know, before there was Crawl, there was Piranha 3D, and yeah. what a joyous film that was! Like all <laughs> these like horror icons. I've still just... not seen it. Oh, you haven't, Luke. I mean, yeah. I, now I know, now I know what what film to pressure you that we need to do an episode <laughs> about. <laughs> um, yeah. Again, just some little mentions. The last one I had here was um, a bit of found footage. As above, so below. Also, another film uniquely done. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah again maybe not the best but ones that have stuck with me and i've remembered over this decade cool ben you got some uh yeah so honorable mentions for me obviously you've mentioned a few already like stuff like midsummer black swan uh bone tomahawk uh i also added the whaling which i discussed last week um another korean horror which i think was really good um, Suspiria remake I've put in there as well because oh, yeah. I think moments just, in that yeah. <laughs> yeah it was such a I mean it's a crazy experience one that I'm probably going to have to witness again so I'm um, very very different to the original um, and I think it was sort of like masterfully done uh, I've also included um, What We Do in the Shadows obviously yes a uh, horror oh, comedy but I think it's just got so many like class, classic and recognisable horror tropes in it and they're just put, turned on their head in such like hilarious ways and i think it's a a really enjoyable film so yeah it's great I love that fantastic shit. cool uh i'll mention to me i've got the conjuring because you can't we talk about this decade of horror about, about the conjuring influencing it in some way um and it's a great film uh sinister because of the um what do you call it like the um the little found footage segments within it are genuinely yeah. disturbing as above, so below. I put that in here because um, when I watched it again recently, I was like, "This is a fantastic yeah. film." Um, Let me in. It's a. It's not going to be in my list because it's a remake. It's still great, but it's a remake of one of my favorite movies of all time. Like the right one in. Upgrade. I had no right to be as good as it was, and it's fantastic. A lot of fun. Mandy for getting Nicolas Cage right. Annihilation, <laughs> which is a great, a great weird. Alex Garland's sci-fi horror movie. And that's it. That's all I got. No mention of your, Good of your boy Gaspar Noy. Uh, of Climax. Um, I guess I guess it should be, really. I, I haven't really put anything from... I don't have included anything from what I did in the last, uh, the last episode from 2019. Maybe it's too close. Too close. Maybe I need to get yeah, some space. I was... 
I was sort of conscious, with the exception of Midsummer, I didn't want to mention lots from 2019, not because it was a weaker year, but just because yeah. I'm conscious of like, oh, I don't want to just have things I've seen recently. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Okay, um, that's about it. Has anyone else got anything else they oh. want to... I just think it's good that we've included some very diverse lists um, in our top ten. They've all been very different, lots of different inclusions. Obviously, there's probably three or four that sort of went across all three lists. But so well done, guys. do one word for each, each of our lists, for me, it'd be like pain, not the brutal sort of side of it. Ben's would be Korean. Um, yeah. Andy's would be... Yeah. Irregular. Irregular, <laughs> Irregular yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what else I've done, guys? Just to, as we've done a whole a whole decade of this uh, of, of of movies that we've just gone through, I went back and it turns out I hadn't updated it for about nine months, but I updated wow, yeah. all of your guys' stats. Do you want to know if anything has ever toppled the nineteen forties yet for the best decade of movies? It must have done because we've done so many movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid not. The nineteen uh, forties <laughs> is still arg- it's still you know, in terms of averages, the 1940s is still the best because you only still have reviewed cats people from the 1940s, so that's still the highest rated okay. overall. You oh, guys, did I, what done... did I give cat people? Cat people, let me have a look for you, Ben. Let me have a little scroll and sorry. Say. I was wondering why. I must, mine must have been pretty high if it's still up there as well. I think, I think you did okay. It's just because there's no, there's no average to, there's no Coming average to bring, is to bring it, is to bring uh, it down. Okay. Yeah. So, I see so what you mean. Um, if I bring this. Smallest to largest. So, Cat People, episode six. Luke gave it an A minus, and you gave it a B. Ben, there must have been a film uh, we've given yes. some something more than that, though. Do you want to see your totals? Hang on, then. Yeah. So, over the over all the episodes that that we've done here, officially speaking, your worst film, yeah. with a total score of two, that you both gave an F minus to, was Alone in the Dark, of course. Rightly so. Um. Ouija performs slightly better with an F and an E minus. Um, so actually, I'll tell you what, I'll do you the top five. So your worst five films ever, uh, Alone in the Dark, followed by Ouija, followed by The Unnamable, followed by 2019's Pet Cemetery, and then Sleepwalker, Sleepwalkers. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, your bottom, oh. They, they're your bottom five in reverse order from worst to fifth, not quite as worse. If I go to the very top, so... The best films you guys have ever rated are two perfect scores, um, The Fly and The Thing, both with uh, both with perfect. Yeah. And then just below that, you've got Aliens that got an A, that got um, got very high marks. You got Twenty Eight Days Later, um, Let the Right One In, as you mentioned, Luke, one of your favourites. Wow! Yeah, yeah. And then and then everywhere in between. Wowzers. But in terms of the decades, we've done. I guess because of the with the top 50 list gone and the fact that we focus on a lot more of the new films that come out 2010s has by now has had by far the highest number of um, films we've done so across the board we've done two films from the 1920s three from the 30s one from the 40s one from the 50s six from the 60s 13 from the 70s 17 from the 1980s 16 from the 90s um, 19 from the 2000s and 38 films from the 2010s. So smashing out those 2010s. I know that from the Facebook there was talk of maybe doing 
heading back over Ben's cliffs of quality this year, right? Yeah, we're doing one soon. Um, I actually don't know when this one came out. I guess it must be 40s. Um, uh, 54, I believe. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. We've got one that in plan. I think we should do a few more Universal movies. I'd like to do the Wolf um, Wolfman as well at some point. The Wolfman. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. The Wolfman. Yeah, that'd be good. I'm up for that. Yeah. Um, so I guess back to back to normal next week. Um, have we got any plans for the next week? Before we, did you have one? Uh, I think I've, so. I think we discussed maybe watching In Fabric. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which, that. Yeah. So we might do it In Fabric, and then after that, maybe go venture over the cliff of quality and see what we can find down there. Cool. Down in Ben's Valley of Despair. <laughs> the exactly. Black Lagoon. Exactly. I'm sure it'll be alright down there. Let's have a look. Cool. Alright, okay, so uh, uh, thanks to Kovac, Cameron, for a few music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. Uh, please consider subscribing, giving us a review in iTunes, and hit subscribe, and go into Facebook and join the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board Advisors. Plenty of cool people in there now. Um, thanks to Andy, for joining us as regularly, regularly as you have done. It's always fun to have you. Yeah. Uh, thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. I'll continue to irregularly appear for as long as you guys keep inviting me. <laughs> so um, <laughs> be around. And then, um, yeah, looking forward to another year of uh, your guys' fun horror takes, allowing me to get away with the films I never get around to watching. Yeah. yeah it's good to have a, like a, a purpose in life. Um, cool. We're official. Are we officially? Are we officially into the third year of Horror Hangout now? Is that I think right? It was like February or something. We started maybe late January. Yeah. Yeah. So we're nearly there. Yeah. Cool. Uh, thanks to my uh, Ben for being a right horror dude. Thanks, Luke. Nice one. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Cheers, guys. Bye for now. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.